Good evening, each and every one. Thank you for coming. tonight's study of the Word of God in the book of Hebrews, and we also want to welcome all those uh, by social media, whichever device they have chosen to uh, follow with us tonight. May every one of you be blessed tonight by the Word of God. Praise God. And I also like to say that ги поздравам свите македонци, што се сключени во овој жив пренос. Amen. Uh, this is lesson number eight, I believe. No, this is lesson number ten. Jesus, our great high priest. God established a sacrificial system with his chosen people, Israel, the Israelites, that would allow them to be cleansed temporarily from their sins. But these ritualistic sacrifices had to be repeated over and over. He ordained priests to represent the people before God because the people could never come directly into his presence. And even with all the accommodations, the nation of Israel as a whole was unfaithful and often fell under the judgment of God. The prophet Jeremiah prophesied that judgment was coming upon the nation of Israel, but he was he also told the nation that something better was coming. Here's what he said. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with them, with their ancestors, when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. Because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. That says a lot there too. The uh, Lord Jesus Christ is known to his church as her husband. And uh, isn't, it, isn't it any, is it any wonder that Moses could not take the, the, the people of Israel to the promised land, but it was turned over to Joshua, which is interpreted in the Greek language, Jesus. And Joshua was able to take uh, the uh, people over uh, to the promised land. And Jesus, uh, one day, will take us to the promised land whether by, you know, the way of the grave or the rapture. I believe the rapture is very, very near. It's at hand. Although the prophets, this is the covenant I will make with them, uh, God says, with Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. In Exodus 19.58, the church in the wilderness, to the church in the wilderness, God said, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. 
to us today in Romans 9 in 10, chapter verse, verses 9 and 10, in the new covenant, God says, if you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Unto salvation. There is no need, after Christ took care of everything, there is no need for us to go and bring our sacrificial whatever is what was needed to accommodate the forgiveness of your sin. There was no need for that. That's why the veil of the temple, we have studied all this throughout this whole series where we went. We have now access to the holiest of holies ourselves and approach God through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you ask the Father anything in my name, I will, it, it, I will do it for you. Because the Israelites, to summon it all up, because of the continual failure of the Israelites to keep the covenant, God said, I will establish a new covenant. However, while the new covenant was new to God's people, it was not new to God. He knew the beginning that the, in the beginning that the law was insufficient and that a savior was needed. We can say amen to that. Although the prophecy speaks of the new covenant as applying to Israel and Judah, it holds universal promise. The writer of Hebrew quotes Jeremiah, uh, prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 31, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. I will put my laws in their minds and write them in their hearts. Here, the New Testament emphasizes a personal renewal is first suggested. The will which directs our, our action is influenced from the inside of us rather than imposed on us from the outside. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, for it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure rather than the outward imposing of the law. The person in, in the hearts of people, is, there's a greater revelation from God than it was available now, I mean, then it was available in the old covenant. God's spirit stirs in the hearts both the willingness and ability to obey. A personal knowledge of God apart from the law had to wait for a new heart made possible by the coming of the Son of God. Jesus said to the woman at the well, the hour will is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship God in spirit and in truth. What Jesus was saying to her, outward rituals are as of now being replaced by inward worship. All the sacrificial rituals were done away with, and now we worship God in spirit and in truth right here. I had uh, three more pages, but I was asked to cut this short. <laughs> but uh, before we go into the questions, I want to I say that, you know, uh, 
God bless Sister um, Fran Jackson because uh, uh, when the flood came here, um, 15, 14, 15, 16, I forgot, 14, 15, 2015, 14, it flooded this whole, it flooded a lot of houses and her basement was uh, all flooded. So she asked me, knowing that I was a carpenter, she asked me to remodel the basement. And uh, come time, we put our thoughts together. The Lord was already working on me, so we put it together. I go, uh, I don't want to get paid. She goes, what? I said, no, I don't want to get paid. You just uh, put some money in the envelope, and we'll get it going towards the sign. And uh, she put a pretty good hefty amount of money in an envelope. We turned it over to, it was sealed. We turned it over to Brother Everett and uh, the fun, uh, funding for the uh, sign began back there, 2016 or, or 15 or so. But uh, there it is, praise God. I was uh, totally elated when I saw that sign. All right, we're going to go to the questions now. Praise God. Do I need to read that again, Pastor, or not? The, uh, no, no, the, uh, how everything was, you know, the rituals and all the, all those sacrificial rituals that the uh, people of Israel were to, uh, you know, is now in the heart. We don't have to do that. We worship God in spirit and in truth, just like Jesus said to the woman at the well. For the Father, the Bible says, seeks such to worship him. Amen. I had to throw that in. Praise God. All right, question number one. How would you state the main idea of these two verses in uh, Hebrews 8, verses 1 and 2? Who would be the first to break the ice? Good comparison. Amen. I I wrote down the uh, the the, the uh, Moses said to the children of Israel, "A prophet shall the Lord the Lord raise from among you, from your brethren, like unto me." Him shall ye hearken. Or in other words, you listen to him. And of course, that came to pass when on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus uh, was transformed and uh, Moses and Elijah appeared to him. And he, uh, Peter, of course, right away, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses. Uh, no thanks. And a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. All you need is with you right now in the flesh. Praise God. God in the flesh, yes. Exactly, amen. Exactly. The de thank you, brother Dave. The details of the of everything that was constructed in the in the tabernacle came from God. And 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 Moses was commanded to pay attention to every single, we'll get that, in, I think, in the later, later questions. Question number two, according to the 
to this passage, how is the ministry of Jesus unique and superior to any other? Now, don't, don't you know, slow down. We'll give you each a chance to respond. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry, you were first, Victor. Go ahead. Glory to God. Amen. Brother Victor? Well, praise God. It's good to be in one mind and one accord. Am I right, Brother uh, uh, Pastor Willie? Mm -hmm. He's our great high priest. He's our mediator. He's our intercessor 24-7. We don't have to wait. I, I, I put it there 24-7. I thought that was great. You can get up any, any, any time of the day and night and fall on your knees and you're standing in the presence of God. Isn't that wonderful? You don't have... Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 8, verses 3 to 5. This is the reflection. This is the reflection of reality. In Leviticus 9, 1 through 7, we... What are the reasons for the results of sacrifices and offerings? What are the what what are the reasons for and the results of sacrifices and offerings? Go ahead. The realistic, I mean, the ritualistic versus the spiritualistic. I got that out, didn't I? Anybody else want to comment on that? Exactly. Amen. Amen. They were, ordained, they were ordained of God. They were necessary because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. They were only a reflection of better things to come when Christ would offer himself as a perpetual offering one for the Mm. And so we have to, his sacrifice alone points to the sinful man and the need for a savior. And that's how we come to Christ. We, we have to confess our sins. We have to realize our own sinfulness and our need and dependence on him for complete salvation. Amen. Amen. Continuing on, continuing on with the questions, review Hebrews 7. Chapter 7, verses 26 to 28. How are the reasons for sacrifices and offerings fulfilled in Jesus? We need to hear some comparisons. Go ahead, brother. Yes, amen. Anybody else? The they were imperfect. Both priests and sacrifices. Do you agree with that? They were imperfect. Jesus sinless. He was totally sinless. He knew no sin. And therefore, he became the perfect sacrifice. Praise God. Perfect priest, perfect sacrifice. And he didn't have uh, uh, offered himself. He didn't have to offer anything for himself. He offered himself as the ultimate sacrifice, as Brother Dave put it. 
Hebrews 8, chapter 6, and verse 6, the changes, ministry, covenant, promises from the following verses, what are the different aspects of Jesus' ministry? Maybe we'll have the pastor comment on this. Uh, yes. Amen. Very detailed, yes. God. From the following verses, what are the different aspects of Jesus' covenant? I'll get you started. I, I just wrote one that said that Jesus became our righteousness. Hey, better things, better promises. Amen. Praise God. Twenty-four-seven. I believe you meant to say schoolmaster, not taskmaster, but uh, it, the law was the schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. And uh, the uh, law, uh, the new covenant is, we've, we've heard this quote many times, the new covenant is the Old Testament fulfilled and the Old, uh, and the old Testament, no, the, old, the New Testament is the Old Testament foretold. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. 
because now we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So the new covenant is something for us to be excited about because it's through that covenant that we get uh, included and we see what was written in Colossians and other books about God's plan to ultimately bring Jew and Gentile under one umbrella. That's why Jesus comes and he tells people, why have you come to me? My hour is not come. I've come but to who? To the house of Israel. That's where he came, but when he came and he died, he died for all, and that covenant, that new covenant that he gave to me, and that new covenant I make, covers everything. Praise God. Yes. And and seal with his blood. Praise God. Amen. And I married a gift, however. Colossians 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 21 23. Uh, we're still on the uh, different aspect of Christ. I got, if you can, you know, it's one thing to be covenanted with God whether you're in the New Testament or, or, or the Old Testament, y you, you come to God and you have to continue in faith. If you, can, uh, if you continue in the faith, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Praise God. That goes with, uh, goes along with James, you know, be doers of the work, not hearers only. Amen. A mediator is one who helps reconcile two parties together. Uh, what does it mean that Jesus mediates the new covenant. He is the mediator of the new covenant. He's the go-between. There's only one mediator between man and God. The man. Jesus Christ. There you go. Praise God. God bless you, Brother Dave. Yes, the cross bridges the, the gap between the Old Testament and New Testament. Praise God. Amen. I wrote, by always interceding for us before God, Jesus, always the Bible, he always lives to intercede for us. He instituted the new covenant covenant and became a mediator pastor uh, i'm uh, moving on to question i was nine and i have a question mark here i could my mind must have went blank in hebrews 1 10 1 through 4 in what ways was the first covenant inadequate i'm sure we can make a lot of comments about this go ahead brother ernie Didn't I mention earlier about the imperfection of the blood offering? And then the imperfection of the of the priest? Anybody else? Haley, please. Sinless, pure. 
that was that was that that what Christ was and accept worthy and accepted of the Father as the ultimate perfect sacrifice for us. There you go. Ta-da. Amen. Amen. Uh, the, the second segment of this is what is revealed about Israel in Jeremiah. We already read that, how that he will put uh, the law in our minds and write out of, right on the tables of our hearts. The, in, the inward, the inward worship of God instead of the real ritualistic sacrificial system. I, it wasn't a message too long ago, Pastor, where you said the judgment must begin at the house of God. Come on. For their benefit, yeah. <laughs> No, please, please. We value each and every one, especially yours, brother. I mean, Pastor. In he, uh, we're going to question number 12. List four promises of the new covenant found in verse 10. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. 
one one of those promises in a uh, pastor with your permission uh, one of the promises is that their sins God says I will remember no more now I was thoroughly blessed when when I came to this part of the of my study because believe it or not I was always torn a little bit. Why do I remember my sins? And God revealed to me that uh, yeah, uh, that day when I was studying this, that the not remembering the sins belongs to God. He has forgiven us all our sins, each and every one here, and yet. I have remembrance of my sin. In other words, my past has not been totally erased. What the Bible is saying here is that God takes it upon himself that when somebody comes, the, you know, the sins up to that point, he casts them in the sea of his forgetfulness. Not ours. We don't have a seal for it. God does. And so to be remember them against them any, no more. So when you stand before God and if somebody dares like, you know, old Slewfoot may come up and say, why, why he did, he did this and this and that. And Jesus said, well, look, Bob is kneeling down there in his backyard and he's asking for my forgiveness. And he said, well, what sins, oh, glory to God, what sins are you talking about? I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I see no, glory to God. Next question. That's just, that's just, it's not that he's not omniscient. He doesn't know what he's doing. He always knows everything. So he sees it's not. Amen. Amen. Only he could put it that way. Amen. Question that, that exercise. I wasn't prepared for Brother Bob. He said, Well, what is the person you can't forget? 
Ah, that's a good one. Praise God. They Amen. Holding themselves down for unforgiveness for something they did in their life. And a lot of times we feel the need to punish ourselves. We yeah. feel like we have to punish ourselves until society says we should not be ashamed of what we've done or, what, or whatever it is. But Christ has set you free. That's it. Amen. Which of these is most significant to you? Uh, I wrote down to me, for me, is the purging of the conscience from dead works. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? That's, a, that's, a, that's, another, that's the other marvelous thing about uh, are we not going to sin after we come to Christ? We will succumb to sin. A lot of faults and failures uh, will happen. The beauty of it all is that if we have fellowship with one another and with the well, first with the Father, the Bible says, if, if we have fellowship with the Father and then we have fellowship with one another, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. And we can go boldly before the throne of God because of the work of Christ. Always keeping in mind. Shall we sin that grace may abound? No. We have to practice holiness each and every day. Be ye holy for I am holy. I don't want to take up any more time. We have the questions to finish up. But uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the means and ways have been all provided on the cross. And yes, you can live holy if you choose to. Otherwise, the command will not have been given. They wouldn't, it wouldn't have been written in the word of God, be ye holy, speaking to us. For I am holy. That if, you know, that, so if you call it and if you say it, it can't be done, you're calling God a liar. He cannot lie. And I believe, uh, Pastor, I think you will agree with me, is because of this that many people throw in the towel. Instead of kneeling down and humbling themselves before God, they think they have, just, you know, they're no good and why waste time, you know. That's the lie of the enemy. Go ahead, Brother Dave. I believe that's why Christ said. People refuse to accept the fact that because we are in this fleshly body, we're subject to failure. But thanks be to God that through Christ, God gives us the victory. Amen. In Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, and 2 Colossians verse 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 3, what do these verses teach about the heart?
anybody. Isn't that what it's all about? Mm -hmm. Having a change of heart, having a change of mind. Mm -hmm. I love demonstrating this. You were going in this direction and then you came to God and you had to totally turn back. You're back to him. You're now walking in the right direction because from the heart, the Bible says, out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it's about God writing the law in our hearts instead of tablets of stone. And like the pastor said, if a person's heart has changed, the rest will take care of itself. But as long as the heart is not regenerated, it is not transformed. It's still stony. The Bible says that he will take that stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. Amen? Go ahead, brother. It's absolutely needed. Nevertheless, uh, we as servants of Christ should never grow weary in well-doing. Am I right? I mean, this is Bible. 
This is not Bob chapter 1, verse 6, okay? This is Bible. And be not weary in well-doing, for in due season. Hey, that sign is a perfect example. That didn't, that didn't just, uh, what I told you didn't happen a week ago. We're talking six years. But there it is. The fonts kept coming in, and for some reason, this drunk hits our sign, and now we got a brand new sign. Hey, you go, you go figure it out. I'm not going to try to figure that out. That's God's doing. He can work in any situation. Praise God.
Yeah. 